When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seven edition of the Bob Saray Show. Harvard this past Saturday making it a little bit interesting up in Cambridge, but Princeton prevailing 29-21. The Tigers now 6-0 on the season, 3-0 in Ivy League play. They enter this week 17th in the coaches' poll, 19th in the media poll. And... Coach, happy to play three of your final four games at home, I'm sure, starting this Saturday, 1 o'clock against Cornell. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Cody. Yeah, no, absolutely love being at home in our home crowd and supporters, and we're nice and easy for the families to get to the game, which is great. Go back to Saturday, and a little bit uncharacteristic of your team because there were penalties and you guys struggled on third down, but at the end of the day, it's a road win in Ivy League play against a really good Harvard team that, still with that loss, still at 500. Yeah, no, we expected it to be a hard-fought game and a challenge. And, you know, every time it seems like we play them, it's either a down-to-the-wire and want a classic-type game or it's an absolute blowout. And um, this one was one our guys had to fight hard and met every challenge and did a good job uh, pulling it out at the end. 29-21 the final score. And really the final score, a couple of late touchdowns for Harvard. Let's start off with your defense because so often this season we start off with the offense. This defense, up until the final couple of minutes, had held Harvard to one touchdown. Yeah, no, we, for 57 minutes, did a tremendous job. They have, you know, terrific speed at running back, a senior-led offensive line, a really good passing attack, and I thought our guys fought hard and won third downs, especially those third and short and fourth and shorts. We really came up big. One situation, I can't remember exactly when it was, but Harvard was driving. I think it was a one-score game, you guys get a third down sack and then you come out on the next drive after you had to punt it away and sack on first down sack on third down three sacks on four plays and really a turning point in that game to help you guys maintain the lead yeah they were able to get the ball back and tiger besh was awesome in his punt returns and flip field position when 
we were playing backed up football for a while and our our defense did a great job holding them and you know we got to get the ball to the uh back to the offense and eventually we're able to get it down and get a score i could ask those guys myself i suppose but i'll ask you with the ivy league kickoff rules how does that change the game last week austin carbone six kickoffs they all went out of the end zone tiger best certainly a factor on special teams but it really limits your ability to get that big return. Yeah, it's really important in recruiting to get a kicker like Tavish Rice, who's been, I think he has 33 touchbacks on the year, which is almost triple the next in the Ivy League. And, um, you know, it really makes coverage easy when the ball's out of the back of the end zone. And, you know, who knows with weather this week and everything else, we're going to have to cover some kicks. And we're, we're prepared every week to do that. And, you know, they, they won the Harvard game, Cornell, for a lot of reasons. One of those was a kick return by David Jones that went to the house about 103 yards. Special teams also. You guys had to recover a couple of onside kicks late in that game, and you were able to. Yeah, no, Coach you know, Steve Thomas, we had him on a few weeks ago talking special teams. And he does a great job getting the guys prepared. And, you know, we're going to have Mike Mendenhall on tonight. And he and uh, Marvin Klesador, the three of them, really run our special teams and do a great job with that. Says the Bob Saray Show. We're at the Alchemist and Barrister Witherspoon Street in Princeton talking with Tigers head coach Bob Sarace. Saturday, the Tigers back at home for week seven against Cornell at 1 o'clock. Expecting some rain, expecting some wind. Let's... Stick with the Harvard game from this past week. And a couple of players I want to touch on defensively. T.J. Floyd, safe to say he leads the nation in passes intercepted that are thrown by a non-quarterback. I heard you and Craig talking about that, and I laughed because only you two would be sitting down on the E-level and come up with something that awesome. It's yeah. a really long broadcast. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. You guys do a great job with that. I love to listen to it. And, uh, you know, T.J., that's twice. And, Part of defense is about playing your responsibilities. And if you do that and you have your eyes right and all those things, it allows you to play fast, which is something we're doing. And uh, uh, he's done a great job being in the right place. In baseball, you talk about your closer or your stopper, and it seems like defensively TJ's been that man. We go back to the Columbia game with two big interceptions and a huge one to take momentum away from Harvard. They had the crowd behind him at that point. Yeah, we really stress, you know, ball security on offense and decision-making, and then on defense, getting the ball back. And we really did a good job. And, uh, you know, our guys, TJ also had the strip for a fumble, and those were two key plays. Sticking with the secondary, Christian Brown, a freshman from Florida, gets his first career start, C.J. Wall sideline for the third straight game. Made some nice plays. I'm sure that potential pick six ran through his mind when he's laying in bed at night. Got beat a couple times, but made some really nice plays. That's a Harvard team. Two senior wide receivers that were on the perimeter, and Christian Brown, somebody who was playing safety primarily in camp, correct? Yeah, he was doing a great job at safety, and we had a couple of injuries, and he's such a good athlete. We moved him to corner, and, you know, it's on me, some of those plays at the end of the game. He had never practiced those. Those are things we covered in camp, and we hadn't practiced some of those situations, and uh, there's a little miscommunication and alignments and things like that, but he's really, uh, he's really off to a great start as a freshman. Other side of the football, Jesper Horstead, two unbelievable catches on that one drive, added a touchdown in traffic on one of the best passes John Lovett's probably ever thrown. For Horstead, that's one of those films that you're happy to show NFL teams. Yeah, they're in. We had guys, we had three guys in today. You know, Mike Mendenhall actually coordinates it with them, and I get a text every day. These three scouts are going to be in. These three teams are going to be in. And, 
you know, got to see a, an old friend today, um, which was really nice, and spent some time with him talking about our guys. But Jesper, they can watch almost every game, every game the last couple of years, two and a half years, and he makes big plays, he blocks, he does all the little things, and um, certainly uh, he's done a really good job. And he's going to be tested this week. They're, they're really uh, Cornell is really strong at cornerback, and they are in your face and do a great job uh, on one-on-one coverage. We talked about it a little bit earlier this week. Two guys you don't have to worry about if it's windy and rainy and cool this weekend. Jesper Horstead, Stephen Carlson, Stephen from upstate New York, Jesper from Minnesota. Yeah, for whatever reason, we've recruited some really good skill players from the Northeast, the Upper Midwest, and you know, guys that uh, I, I think will enjoy playing in some elements. Sticking with offense, Charlie Volker, that 49-yard touchdown run to seal the victory. I think Craig Saxon just posted it on GoPrincetonTigers.com, his program story this week with Charlie Volker, local guy, Rumson Fairhaven High School. One of the easier recruiting pitches you've made? Yeah, I read that. I was like, I didn't realize it. You know, 12 <laughs> years old, he wrote up on his board he wants to play at Princeton University, and that would have made recruiting a lot easier. But, you know, we really developed a great relationship with him, and he was a prolific high school running back. He's come here, done everything we've asked. He's a leader. He's a worker. He plays winter. He does winter track. He does spring track. He's on the go all the time and still happens to be a tremendous student. And Charlie Volker right now, sixth on Princeton's career rushing touchdown list, still with a handful of games left, tenth on the career yards list. Coming into this weekend within 100 yards of Cosmo Yakavazi, Jordan Colbreth, Dick Kazmaier. Yeah, that, that's pretty special, right? When you think about, you know, when he, you know, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, he's telling his grandchildren that, that he's right up there and being mentioned with a Heisman Trophy winner, a college football Hall of Famer, and anybody that was around Jordan Colbert, one of the most special people I've ever been around. Princeton and Cornell this weekend, 1 o'clock. The weather doesn't look good, cool, rainy. They're saying 30-mile-an-hour winds, 40-mile-an-hour winds. Probably not quite that at kickoff. How did you guys adjust things in practice this week trying to get ready for that? Yeah, we have a a guy, good friend of uh, uh, WAGS and Saragusa, who's played outside and inside backer named Brett Stewart. When Brett was a a freshman, he happened to be right in front of me. I said, Brett, what's the weather going to be like on Saturday? And he starts giving me the Doppler. You know, he's giving me, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. And I said, it's going to be the same for both teams. And then the next year I ask him the same question. He panics, does the same thing. So finally last year he got it right. And then this year he was like, it's going to be the same for both teams. And at the end of the day, it's going to be the same for both teams. And, um, you know, who knows what it's going to be like. 40 hours from now, you you know, we prepare for, we practice in it the entire spring. I like to take our guys outside, even though we have the bubble when we have the elements, just for these moments and playing games we know that we're going to play in late October and in November. And I hope that uh, that helps us out. And you've seen a lot of that this fall. I think you said every single Tuesday so far (laughs) this fall, skies have opened up. This was the first Tuesday where it's been absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, our guys get it. It's football. Unless it's lightning, you practice and you play in it. And it builds some character that way that, you know, I, I get that there's other sports that play indoors. And there's days, you know, when it's pouring rain, you, I'd like to be that coach that has the indoor, you know, field house or gym. But uh, it actually, you know, it's great to see a team come together and, you know, not allow anything we can't control get in our way. Two-player guests today sitting there grabbing some dinner. Anthony Siragusa, Mike Wagner, two rush linebackers, I guess, 
Two-part question. A, this rush linebacker position, kind of unique to what you guys do defensively. Yeah, we're in, in our base, we're a 3-4. So there's three true D linemen, and then there's a rush linebacker. And on the other side, we call Sam linebacker, which is what Jeremiah Tyler uh, plays. And he's often out in coverage because teams are running three wides and four wides. Where, where Wags and Goose, you know, they're, they're up on the line and they're often the fourth D lineman, but they're athletic enough and have to be to be able to play coverage. Mike Wagner, Anthony Saragusa, our guests coming up next. This is the Bob Saray Show, Week 7 edition as the Tigers get set to take on Cornell at home on Saturday. Back after this on Fox Sports 920, the Jersey. You're listening to the Bob Saray Show with Princeton football head coach Bob Saray's. Live from the Alchemist and Barrister on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. The Alchemist and Barrister is proud to host the Bob Saray Show every Thursday night. Join us here every week for the latest on Princeton football and enjoy drinking food specials all night. Check out their menus at the A&B.com. Cody Cruchel back with you. Segment two of the week seven edition of the Bob Saray Show. The Tigers and the Cornell Big Red kickoff at one o'clock this saturday on what's expected to be a rainy saturday here in princeton new jersey joined by two rush linebackers mike wagner anthony saragusa gentlemen good talking to you thanks for joining us thank you nice to be here so i guess mike we'll start with you a senior linebacker from victor new york victor just outside rochester correct yep absolutely um, take us through sort of your journey to Princeton, going back a couple years, and I know you've changed position, but sort of walk us through how you ended up here. Uh, so I played quarterback in high school. Actually, uh, I only played a couple games of defense towards the end of my senior year, and and uh, when I actually did my official visit and when I came through camp, I wasn't 100% sure what position I was going to play. Um, went to camp as a quarterback and then came with my official and met with a tight end, so I wasn't, wasn't too sure, but, you know, when I got the offer, I was absolutely pumped. Uh, Coach Goldman, who's not with us anymore, gave me the call, and, and just said they were going to bring me in as an athlete. And, and, you know, I was totally okay with that, whatever gap I needed to fill. So uh, came in freshman year as an inside linebacker, Mike Linebacker, and I think went up to week six, um, played Mike Linebacker, and then um, switched over that week to uh, Rush Linebacker. High school, you were a quarterback. I know Bob Serace has told us the story a couple of times. Kind of walk us through that move from quarterback to linebacker because it wasn't, okay, this guy's going to go in and he's going to be plugged in as a linebacker. It's we need someone to chase down quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I came in when I was playing inside linebacker, you know. Um, I was, you know, maybe fourth or fifth string and just kind of on the scout team uh, filling in the gaps and, and, and helping out the offense. and. And then one of the weeks I, I moved to D-end just because they need someone to fill in and, and started doing some good things, pass rushing. And, and uh, Coach Trace, you know, brought me over to Coach Verbert and, and told him to take a look. And I started winning some one-on-ones and, and was able to actually play that week, which actually was this week. It was uh, Cornell week was the first game that I played freshman year. At what point did you feel like a linebacker and, and not a, you know, quarterback or tight end or whatever position you were brought in to do what point did you actually feel like a linebacker i think i think it wasn't until that that week week seven where where i made the move to outside linebacker uh inside linebacker was it was fun but it it definitely felt a little different to me and i don't think i ever really got used to it but i think the first week that i moved outside linebacker it really kind of felt like home and something that i that i'd done before We've talked to a handful of guys that were high school quarterbacks. Where do you rank among those guys who were quarterbacks <laughs> but aren't anymore? Uh, I think in terms of – I was definitely more of a running quarterback. Uh, I think um, 
we had some guys that are on the team that, that play different positions now that were definitely way better passes than I was, but I was I think I was always more of a more of an athlete as opposed to, you know, a pocket passer. Talking with Mike Wagner, senior linebacker from Victor, New York, three and a half sacks this year at the rush linebacker position, and I know you were had to come out of that game at Harvard. How are you doing? Good, good. Um I think we're we're all just kinda, you know, Harvard game. Uh, everyone's a little bit banged up, but just focused on recovery and and uh, you know gearing up for the next week. Once once that game's over, we're, we're focused on the next one. We've talked about it a lot on the radio broadcast, and we haven't actually asked anybody about it. But you had that stat. I think the first four weeks up until Brown, you mm-hmm. guys hadn't allowed a defensive point in the second half. Yeah. And this was one of those situations where you guys were getting up big, so you had second teamers and third teamers out there, and. Seemed like you guys, as starters on the sideline, were pretty invested in that, keeping that streak going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, our second and third team guys, they're putting in just as much work as, as the guys that are starting out there, and, and they take as much pride as we do, and, and it's awesome to see them out there um, still going up against the first teams uh, like we are and, and, you know, putting up zeros in the second half. It's great to see that hard work pay off, and, and we know that with the depth that we have, you know, we can put those guys in there and, and there's no fall off. Last year you really hit your stride early weeks, two, three, and four, three straight, two sacks games and then week five against brown that season-ending injury time of the injury you were leading the nation in sacks as a guy who didn't necessarily come in on the defensive side of the football go back to last year how frustrating was that not only were you really in the lineup and a starting job for the first time but really making it difficult on opposing quarterbacks and then to suffer that injury and have to watch from the sidelines how tough was that it's always tough uh you know having having uh, that point in the season, you know, ended for you. But um, you know, kind of what what's happened to a lot of guys. Football's a game where you get injured, and, and you just try and stay upbeat. And in the last five weeks, really just focusing on helping helping your teammates develop and, and staying positive for everyone else. Because you know, there's nothing you can do about your situation um, except try and stay positive and, and have the season go as well as it can. As far as positions to play on defense, rush linebacker seems like one of the ones that would be the most fun. I mean, you're basically just out there trying to chase down the quarterback. Is that accurate? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, a, I know there's yeah. more that goes into it than that. <laughs> we, we do a little bit of different stuff, but I I definitely think that rush linebacker is is the most fun position on the field. Um, by far, you get to rush the passer, you get to drop in coverage. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty complicated, but you know, when it comes down to it, there's not a lot of thinking. You're just one on one with the tackle and and trying to get to the quarterback, which is something that you work on every day and and super rewarding if you can get it done. Let's talk about the classroom. What's your major? How'd you pick it? Uh, so I am an operations research and financial engineering major. Uh, I kind of wanted to do something within the business world, but um, wanted it a little bit more quantitative. Uh, so I decided to kind of go on the engineering track. Any idea what's up next as far as using that degree <laughs> once football's done? Uh, not 100% sure. Uh, I did banking this summer and, and enjoyed it, but um, most likely going to go into something within tech or, or consulting. And we were talking a little bit off air. I know you're a senior heading into the spring, start working on your thesis. Not something you really get too deep into until week 10's done. Yeah, absolutely. I've, t- I've talked with my advisor, and, and he's, a, he's a faculty fellow for a lot of the sports teams, and he, he understands uh, kind of the situation we're in with the schoolwork and the amount of time that we, that we want to put into this season. So he's been really good with, with having me keep up with it a little bit, but um, really going to have to focus on it once the season's over. Mike, good talking to you. We would have looped Anthony in during this segment, but the headset, we're having some technical issues. So, Anthony, we will talk to you next segment, and I know you can't talk back to us, so just nod. There we go. It's Mike Wagner. When we get back to the Alchemist and Barrister, we'll talk with another one of the Tigers' rush linebackers, Anthony Saragusa, on this Week 7 edition of the Bob Saray Show. Back after this on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. 
It's time to talk Princeton football. Live from the Alchemist and Barrister in beautiful Princeton, New Jersey, with the Bob Saray Show, here's Cody Cruchel and your Princeton Tigers football head coach, Bob Sarace, on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Back at the Alchemist and Barrister, the Princeton Tigers, 6-0, ranked 17th in the coaches' poll, 19th in the media poll, set for Week 7 this Saturday, 1 o'clock at home against the Cornell Big Red. Second straight season, the Tigers are hosting the Big Red thanks to that Ivy League schedule shuffle. Cody Cruchel back here with another one of the Tigers' rush linebackers, Anthony Saragusa. Anthony, good to talk to you. It's great to be here. Senior linebacker at Chagrin Falls. I've been calling it Chagrin Falls for three years, but he said Chagrin Falls. <laughs> yep, Chagrin Falls, Ohio. What is Chagrin Falls, Ohio like? Oh, uh, it's fantastic. It was a great spot for me to be able to grow up in. It was about 20 minutes uh, south of Cleveland, so um, I like to, I'm a Cleveland fan. Cavaliers, Browns, <laughs> real exciting. But. So some of that's been working out okay for you the past few years. Others not so much as far as being a Cleveland sports fan. Yeah, it's definitely tough um, being a Cleveland fan, but I'm I'm still proud to say I'm from there. So thing I'm sure you've heard a lot when I saw this when I looked at the roster freshman year Anthony Saragusa I think you were listed as Tony Saragusa no relation <laughs> no relation <laughs> get that a lot all the time walk us through the recruiting process I know it was a few years ago but take us from your journey from Ohio here to Princeton yeah sure so um my junior year of high school um I played wide receiver and I started getting some looks at a majority of Ivy League schools um, and then it wasn't until my senior high school where I was started getting some offers. Um, so I had a couple recruiting visits. Uh, I really fell in love with Princeton when I visited here. You know, I loved the coaching staff. I loved the campus. I loved, um, you know, being at the number one undergraduate institution in the in the country was um, really important to me. So uh, I, I committed to coming here, and uh, don't regret it one bit. It's a great spot. Not the first one in your family to play Ivy League football. Your older brother Michael graduated from Yale last year. Yep. He was a wide receiver. Did he play a role in your recruiting or your decision? I know you ended up at Princeton. He was up at Yale. How did that factor in? Yeah, so, I mean, he loved Yale, um, and obviously my he kind of pushed for me to go there. But my parents would always tell me, you know, go where you want to go. Don't go where don't go to Yale because he's there. You know, go where you think you feel fit. And uh, I felt fit at Princeton. So what, what was that Week 8 matchup Princeton-Yale like for your parents every year? Oh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Last <laughs> year was incredible, too. You know, we were both able to be starting on the field. Um, and we, you know, because I, I was playing defense and he was playing offense. We were on the field at the same time for a good amount of plays. So it, was, it felt weird, you know, looking across and seeing him lining up next to me sometimes. But um, it was also really a really cool feeling to be able to experience something like that. What was it like going up against your brother? I know probably kind of strange for your parents watching you guys go against each other, but personally on the field, what's it like? You know, did you finish the game? Did you hop on the phone? Did you talk to him after? What was that interaction like before, during, and after that matchup? Yeah, so before the game, you know, obviously it was it was kind of funny, you know, when we were going kind of uh, we were scouting uh, Yale's offense and just kind of seeing my brother's name up on the board and looking at statistics <laughs> um, and just kind of hearing our coaches talk about him um, along with the other Yale wide receivers. Um, and then kind of leading up to the game, um, we talked a little bit during the week, um, and then we are talking about how we're excited to like finally be able to like, play against each other uh, in like, a Division One atmosphere. Um, you know, during the game, I just kind of, we, we just had to focus up. Um, we said hi to each other. When the first play, we, we like, ran by each other one time, like sometime in the first quarter, and we kind of like bumped shoulders with each other like to say hi. Um, but, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely unique, I'll say. Um, like I said, it was weird just kind of looking over and seeing my brother on the other side of the ball. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, my, my whole family was there. We had our cousins there. It was awesome to have, you know, just 
our, our whole family there and supporting both of us on each side of the ball. And, um, you know, I wish it had a different turnout, but, you know, hopefully this year we'll uh, win, beat Yale and finish with the Ivy League title. So. Two, two, two weeks from now, who's who's he rooting for, Yale or Princeton? Um, hopefully Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll stay with his um, mater, but... You mentioned you were a wide receiver in high school, and you came in as a wide receiver. Talk about the move to the defensive side of the football. We talked to Mike Wagner about that, and that's kind of a common theme in college football. But talk about your specific situation. How did you end up at this rush linebacker position? Right. So um, my junior high school, I was a starting wide receiver. And then senior high school, um, during week two, our starting outside linebacker got hurt. So I ended up playing really both sides of the ball my whole senior year, and I played really well on the defensive side as well. Um, so when I came in as a freshman, um, you know, I was playing wide receiver, and maybe it wasn't the best fit for me, and I had talked to Coach Therese, and we kind of had a mutual agreement. Like, oh, well, why don't we just, you know, we'll try you on defense and see how you like it, just kind of give a little tryout. Um, and I think kind of um, my first practice out there on the defensive side of the ball, I felt a lot more natural there. Um, I was kind of like a, a heavier set uh, wide receiver to begin with so it was a pretty easy transition to switch to the defensive side of the ball um in a position where you know strength was you know um one of the key factors and like to be successful as a rush linebacker so um the transition itself was fairly easy um obviously learning you know the defensive playbook and um you know being on the other side of the ball was a bit of a challenge but once you adapted and i got used to um really kind of the physicality of the defensive side um you know it worked out real well What's it like for you, uh, you know, last year, all the injuries on defense? What was last year like for you? You moved around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so last year obviously was, was pretty tough um, with all the injuries we had. But I will say, you know, one of the benefits of what happened last year was that we were able to get a lot of people experience that wouldn't have gotten experience last year. And so the people that were able to fill in those roles last year um, came in this year with, with experience and um, I think that really, you know, it really shows in the people that stepped up last year. And you know, now this year they're a lot more comfortable. They know what to expect. You know, they've been in, you know, the Ivy League football games. They're, they're, they're comfortable now going into the games. Um, I even notice it with myself. I feel more comfortable this year than I did last year. And I think, um, I think that's benefiting our defense. And I think that that's really helping with the depth that we have. Um, you know, everyone's able to step up, even the twos, threes, when we, when we go in, like we were saying before, um, you know, when our twos and threes are going in in the second half of the game, they're, they're able to shut down some offensive uh, drives, which is, uh, which is really great to see. So, Academically, you're a senior, so time to sort of start thinking about what the next step is. What's your major? Anthropology. What's the plan? Um, How'd you pick Anthropology. You know, I was, uh, I kind of came in not really knowing what I wanted to study. I knew I was interested in business, so I've kind of been looking at a couple of business-like majors we have here, considering we don't have a business school. But, um, you know, a couple of people, you know, we were looking at sociology, I was looking at politics. Um, I took a couple of anthropology classes, and I, I just kind of clicked. I kind of thought that I, this is something that I was pretty interested in. Um, so I'm interested in doing business. I worked um, in marketing and retail last year. Uh, an upcoming year, I'm looking to do either consulting or another business-type job. So. What's the most interesting class you've taken? Oh, wow. Um, probably probably last spring, I took a course called Foundations of Entrepreneurship. You kind of looked at startups and uh, kind of evaluated, you know, which startups were successful and why they were successful, and then, you know, which startups were en route to be successful, and then, you know, maybe they failed. And it was like, you know, what led to that failure? You know, how can you um, kind of... 
it was a good way of you know, changing your perspective on how businesses start up and just kind of seeing you know how businesses just somehow get lucky and sometimes it's not so lucky and it was a really cool class because we were able to come up with our own um, business idea and be like our own entrepreneurs and like form a small group and um, you know be able to implement you know a business model um, and like present it for the whole class so that was a really cool like hands-on experience class that, uh, I think was my favorite during my time here. This coming Saturday, Cornell, 1 o'clock kickoff at home at Princeton Stadium. Give us the scouting report on the Big Red. This is a team that's interesting. They have a quarterback who they don't throw for a lot of yards, but they've been very efficient at that position. A kind of a different look at running back with Harold Coles. What's the scouting report on the Big Red? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cornell is a very solid team all around. They have, you know, big tight ends, big O-linemen. You know, their running backs can run the ball, and the quarterbacks are, you know, very solid in the pocket. So I think, you know, we just have to focus on our defense and do what we do best, which is, you know, just, just do our own job. You know, the, what they do doesn't matter. It's really up to us. Um, you know, if, if each of us are doing our own jobs, um, we'll be able to win the game. So, Anthony, good luck Saturday. Yeah, thank you. That's Princeton senior rush linebacker Anthony Siragusa back after this from the Alchemist and Barrister on the Bob Saray Show here on Fox Sports 920 at the Jersey. This is Tracy Tom. You're listening to the Bob Saray Show, live from the Alchemist and Barrister, with Princeton football head coach Bob Sarace and Cody Cruchel on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. The Alchemist and Barrister is proud to host the Bob Saray Show every Thursday night. Join us each week for the latest on the Princeton football team and enjoy drink and food specials all night. Check out the menus at the A&B. Dot com. Every week we have a couple of players. We also have an assistant coach. This week it's linebackers Mike Mendenhall. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Two guys we just talked to, two of your rush linebackers, Mike Wagner, Anthony Siragusso. Tell us a little bit about each of them. We see what they do on the field. What are they like off the field? Um, we'll start with Mike Wagner. I think uh, Mike Wagner is a guy that's really developed here, right? Found, found a knack at the outside linebacker position. Um, He's more of a quiet guy in a sense, but uh, has, you know, being a senior, uh, he's a leader in that unit, in this outside linebacker unit, um, and does a really good job of of coaching up the young players. And and that's what he is. He's another coach on the field, really knows the defense very well, um, and, um, you know, very focused, very smart, young man and uh i'm i'm happy to co- you know be his coach and and uh to have a, a guy like him able to coach him uh as particularly guys he's able to coach your young players and help develop those young players um he does a really good job uh he, you know not a vocal leader in a sense but really leads by example um you know practices hard um and uh you know, really shows the young guys how it's done. And then Anthony Saragusa? Yeah, uh, Saragusa, um, he, he's a tough guy, brings a lot of that toughness uh, and, and takes some pride in, in, uh, in his craft. You know, he's a, both these guys, right? I mean, they, they change positions and trying to figure out where they fit in in, in the program. And both of them, uh, in particular, uh, Saragusa, who came in as a wide receiver, took ownership of playing the outside linebacker position and, and was open to making the change and has worked really, really hard to uh, to understand defensive football and get grasp of, of, of what we're trying to get accomplished. And obviously he's done that. I mean, he's accomplished that 
and is playing a lot of football for us. Uh, he's another leader, leads by example. Um, not again, not not a big vocal guy on our on our on our defense, but uh, comes to work every day. Great attitude, uh, gives great effort, and uh, can't say enough good things about both those guys. Anthony mentioned it last year with all the injuries, guys like Anthony Saragusa and John Orr, and the, the list kind of goes on and on. Having guys step up and, and play maybe more than they thought they would, have you seen that translate to this season, especially with building depth? Absolutely. Yeah, last year uh, we, we had to count on, you know, Saragusa played a lot of football last year, and you can see it that he's playing much faster. He's much more confident. Um, same with Wagner. Wagner had, you know, got a ton of experience early on in the season and was building confidence. Uh, season was cut short, but um, coming in this season, he's a senior. He's played a lot of football, and both those guys are playing very fast, very confident in what they're doing, confident in defense, and it's definitely translating uh, to the football field. When I got here a few years ago, I'm looking at the depth chart, and I see this rush linebacker position, and I had to watch some game film to figure, okay, what, what the heck is a rush linebacker? What is a rush linebacker? What makes a good rush linebacker here at Princeton? Ooh, uh, yeah, a lot of people give you that funny look, like a rush linebacker. What, is it you know, a lineman? What is, is it a linebacker? Correct. Correct. Uh, I tell you what, it, it is a hybrid position uh, because you have to be able to rush the quarterback. Uh, you have to have the ability to play coverage as well. Um, so it is a hybrid position, and uh, you're asked to do a lot. A lot of technique involved from rushing the quarterback, and that's rushing the quarterback alone is difficult if you're just trying to master that. And then on top of trying to master the rush the quarterback, you have to be able to play some coverage and understand coverage schemes and understand defensive, co- you know, and just you got to know the big picture, not just – a pin your ears back and let's go and let's attack. Um, so, you know, as a rush linebacker, it's a hybrid position. It's, uh, you know, si- sizes vary. You know, you don't have to be a, uh, a tall guy. You don't have to be a, uh, you know, a, a thicker guy. It's, it, you know, our, at our position, at that rush linebacker position, it really just varies. And uh, we've been fortunate. We've had good, you know, we've had good ones. Uh, in the program right now, and uh, we have some young guys that are developing at that position too, some freshmen. We talked to Mike Willis last week, one of the other assistant coaches here. He's a North Jersey guy. You're a South Jersey guy from Paulsboro, and Coach Serace tells us you were a pretty good high school wrestler. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I, I love wrestling. Uh, Say second I, in the state? Second in the state as a senior, and uh, I grew up around it. I uh, really uh, take a lot of pride in, in being from Paulsboro, and uh, being a part of that program, a very historical program, wrestling program, and football program there at Paulsboro, and, and have a lot of pride, have a lot of respect for those coaches um, that developed me in high school. And uh, so I, it's kind of funny that I got into coaching, and, and I think it was a natural progression for me because of the coaches that, that helped me develop at Paulsboro. I had some really, really good coaches that did it the right way, um, and developed, and, and coaches who not only are wrestling and, and, but are football coaches as well, uh, played at a high level, wrestled at a high level. Our football coach played football at a high level at Paulsboro, so it really helped my development. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of pride in South Jersey, and me and Coach uh, Sir Ace, we joke a lot, and, and uh, 
you know, both of us have a lot of pride South Jersey and, and uh, care very much about it. With your wrestling background, does Princeton wrestling coach Chris Ayers try to pick your brain? Not too much. Do you much. try to pick his brain? Not too much, but I, I, I've built a good relationship with, with Coach Ayers and Coach Dubuque and those guys. And um, I stop down there in the wrestling room every once in a while, just say hello and see how things are progressing. And um, I, I did go down in the wrestling room one time last year and put my, uh, my wrestling shoes on and uh, realized that uh, – that's not, not going to work idea. out. <laughs> I wrestled with their backup heavyweight one practice, just drilling, and uh, uh, my body couldn't handle it. I had to shut it down, so they were giving me a hard time. I went down to wrestling one time. They're like, where have you been? You haven't been back yet. So uh, we'll see. I may have to make an appearance down there this, this uh, winter. Paulsboro High School, and then your journey took you to Temple University. Take us through your journey from playing at Temple to winding up here at Princeton as an assistant coach. Yeah, it, it's full circle. It's really full circle from Temple to here. And uh, play defensive line at Temple, um, 2002, 2005. In 2005, my senior year, Coach Goldman, Dennis Goldman, our former, former wide receiver coach here, um, was the receivers coach at Temple when I was playing um, but at the time didn't know I wanted to get into coaching I was continuing my playing career after Temple and then uh, you know coached high school football for two years made the decision to get into uh, the collegiate level coaching and coached a few years and then I actually ran into coach Goldman on the road recruiting in a hotel we literally bumped into each other in an elevator and I'm like coach Goldman he's like Mike, you know, what have you been up to? Like, I'm, I'm coaching. What are you doing? I'm coaching. <laughs> so uh, ever since we bumped in an elevator, we kind of re-sparked our, you know, our relationship a little bit. And we'd stayed in touch over the past few years. And, and I was looking for an opportunity to, to, to move on where I was at before. And uh, I reached out to, to Coach Goldman. He's like, yeah, we have an opening here at Princeton. Would you be interested? I said, absolutely. And uh, he, he let Coach Sirace, no, and um, I feel very fortunate that Coach Sirace was open to, to give me an interview, and it worked out. So a complete full circle um, going back to my relationships at Temple, guys, the coaches that coached me there. Keep in touch with Coach Goldman. How's he enjoying retirement? I, I talked to him. Last time I talked to him was before the season, and, uh, yeah, he spent a lot of time with his grandson, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's enjoying it him and Christine and uh, great people uh, couldn't have been around a better guy coach Goldman and and uh, he likes to have fun and, and and keep it light as well and and uh, he coaches hard and uh, I enjoy being around a guy like him who's been around the game for so long and being a young coach you, you're really able to to grasp what he's about and you try to pick his brain you try to you know uh, take his same approach each team you guys have faced this year, sort of a unique challenge. Cornell, no exception, and this is a team like a handful of teams in the Ivy League. If they win, they take over that top spot, so four games left. What are you looking out for with Cornell when you're looking at game film and getting ready for Saturday? Yeah, we try to focus on us at the end of the day. It's about our technique. It's about us being disciplined um, and getting better at what we do. Um, and, uh, you know, we, our number one goal is always stop the run, and uh, that's going to be our goal on Saturday. Um, 
continue to play fast, uh, play physical football. I mean, that's what we're about here, and that's what we've played up to this point is physical football and uh, passionate football. And, and that's what we preach here. We want to play passionate football. And when you put on our video, you're going to see that. And uh, our guys take a lot of pride. Our defensive uh, players take a lot of pride in that. And uh, we have awesome leadership and uh, to get our guys fired up. Um, but, you know, we want to stop the run. We want to play physical. And we want to get the football back. So far, so good. The Princeton Tigers 6-0, a top-10 defense in a handful of categories. Coach, good luck Saturday, and good talking to you. Thank you very much. That was Princeton assistant coach Mike Mendenhall. Bob Serace rejoins us when we get back to the Alchemist and Barrister. After this, this is the Bob Serace Show on Fox Sports 920, the jersey. It's time to talk Princeton football. Live from the Alchemist and Barrister in beautiful Princeton, New Jersey, with the Bob Serace Show, here's Cody Cruchel and your Princeton Tigers football head coach, Bob Serace, on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Back here to wrap it up on a Thursday night at the Alchemist and Barrister. Week 7, the Princeton Tigers hosting Cornell for the second straight year. You guys go up to Harvard back-to-back years, and you host Cornell here back-to-back years, and then hopefully next year it sort of goes back to normal. But just had a chance to sit down and talk with Mike Mendenhall, one of your assistant coaches. Talk about why he was a good fit here. I ask you that question every week, and you bring coaches in, you sign off on them. Why was Mike a good fit here? Yeah, no, well, uh, you know, Dennis Goldman had brought his name up. Dennis coached him when he was at Temple and gave me a lot of background. And when a position was open, and what we were looking for, just the entire gamut of this guy is a terrific coach. He's from a recruiting area that we need to do better in. He's got an intense nature, but he, he's able to laugh and joke and has a personality and just fit our staff. And I, I think a lot of times in the interviews, beyond just the resume, which his was impeccable, you got a person that you really feel comfortable with and know he's going to fit in at Princeton because it is different here. This is not only Division I uh, football, it's Division I academics. And you need the right people to understand those things and mentor and work with the guys. And as much as anything, he's been a great mentor. And you see the de- development of his players and his players as people, and they love to play hard for him. He played it under the radar, but he was a really good player at Temple and beyond. Yeah, he was an outstanding player. And, you know, not all coaches um, that were great players, they, they make great coaches. Not all of them do that. But, but it takes the guys who love to work and love to grind and love to be around people and enjoy that. And he, he's been tremendous for us. We had the rundown in the game notes, Princeton playing Cornell, and it seems like every year something really strange happens in this game. You go back to two years ago, seven touchdowns for John Lovett and Ithaca. Two year, the year before that, Dre Nelson took a kickoff 103 yards. Two years before that, Quinn Epperly starts 29 for 29. Two years before that, eight inches of snow fall during a game. What do you remember about that one? Yeah, I just remember going out to the field and the official yelling at me, telling me that if they don't clear the lines, we're going to forfeit the game. And we don't have the biggest facility staff, and we had a field hockey game going on as well, and I'm trying to get hold of our facility people who are trying to get a game underway in field hockey to make sure we can get people to shovel the field and 
Fred Samaro, who is just a gold. I mean, he's gold. He's as good as it gets. Our longtime and prolific uh, track coach who's won, what, 40, 41 league titles, gets his track guys to shovel the field so we can play the game. This Saturday, the forecast, rain, gusting winds. At what point, oh, you talked about it earlier this week a little bit in, in your interview with Craig, is it the rain or the wind you're more concerned about? And at what point does either become a factor that affects play? Yeah, I mean, a torrential downpour is different than rain. Like, rain doesn't bother me. If it's a torrential downpour, obviously, I played center. It's tough to grip the ball. It's tough to do those things. But unless it's a torrential downpour, it doesn't affect either team that much. Wind affects the passing game. It affects the kicking game. It affects decision-making, um, especially when, you know, and I, I – Googled it today, like trying to see, you know, what, and when it gets above 15 miles per hour, it has a change. When it gets above 20 miles per hour, it has a significant change. And we're going to be somewhere in that possible ballpark. And, you know, both teams will deal with it. And hopefully uh, we can come out a play ahead. Cornell 3-3, three and three, but that's deceiving. You look at their three losses. It was Yale week two when Zane Dudek was there and Kurt Rawlings was healthy. Delaware ranked team, Colgate not only a ranked team, but the top defensive team in the country. And this is a Cornell team that is right there in the thick of things at the top of the Ivy League for the second straight year. Yeah, and they beat a Sacred Heart team that's winning their conference right now. And I thought we scheduled up and played some really good teams, teams that have been in the playoffs the previous year. And then you look at what they're doing and, you know, right off the get-go playing Delaware. Those games are dogfights. The scores are deceiving. Because as the game went on, there's a couple of late touchdowns and things like that. But both the Delaware and Colgate games, you know, you're at halftime and you're like, this is an even game. And, you know, they are a physical team. They, you know, Harold Coles is a running back. He has been outstanding this year. Um, really came into his own last year, uh, especially towards the end. Um, they have a senior quarterback, Dalton Banks, that goes about 240, has a terrific arm. He's completing about 70% of his passes right on the cusp of that. They got a, you know, four seniors and a junior on their offensive line, and they are a physical group, and they have been a terrific defense really about the last three years. It's a little bit deceiving. You look at the stat sheet with Cornell, and they're barely in the top 100 in passing. They're last in the Ivy League in passing. And then you look at Dalton Banks, someone who's put up Really good career numbers, and they don't throw the ball that often, but when they do, he's really efficient. Yeah, he's very efficient. He's very accurate. He can throw the deep ball. I don't know, you know, whether it may prevent some deep balls on both sides tomorrow, but, you know, he can throw the deep balls well. Earlier in his career, they were a much heavier pass team, and as and credit their coaches and credit their strength staff and credit their players, as they've developed a big physical offensive line, they've been a little more run-heavy. And they, you do that when you have a back and backs, not just one back, but a group of backs like they do, a big, strong quarterback, and, and an offensive line that's just moving. It doesn't matter whether it was Delaware, Colgate, Harvard, whoever, they're moving guys um, off the line of scrimmage. You mentioned earlier in the week how they use tight ends and their big bodies and they seal the perimeter, and then I'm looking at the offensive line, 295, 295, 295, 295. 298 i guess we're going to be really exact there at 298 that's a big challenge with this team and i know you've talked about your weight when you were playing center you know a couple decades ago but 
this is a really big and formidable offensive line. Yeah, I was 212 pounds, and I know it was the dark ages, and I'm a dinosaur, but, you know, they're, they're also good athletes. They're terrific in space and, and do a good job, and they're strong. Like, you, you can tell this is a team and a coaching staff that loves the weight room and has instilled some pride in, in that. And, you know, you saw it last year, and we struggled and had our struggles throughout the game, you know, with that. And you saw it this year, like – People, you know, forget this is two years in a row they beat Harvard. And they go toe-to-toe every single team. And it really turns into one of those classic boxing matches, the type of games they've been playing. Coach, good luck Saturday. Good talking to you as always. Awesome. Thanks, Cody. It's Princeton head coach Bob Serace. Special thanks to our player guests for joining us today, Mike Wagner, Anthony Saragusa, and one of the Tigers' assistant coaches, Mike Mendenhall. And thank you as always to... David Fenster back in the studio across town guiding us along here tonight. My name's Cody Cruchel saying so long. We will talk to you next Thursday for the Week 8 edition of the Bob Saray Show this Saturday, 1 o'clock, 6-0 Princeton, taking on Cornell, 1 o'clock at Princeton Stadium. For now, this has been the Bob Saray Show on Fox Sports 920, the Jersey.